be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. There was a wedding in Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus told them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. And then he told them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter had tasted the water that had become wine, without knowing where it came from, although the servers who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, an inferior one. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this at the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory. And his disciples began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. When I was a boy taking violin lessons, I had a number of teachers. But the one who lasted the longest was a a man from the Cleveland Symphony by the name of Samuel Epstein. He was Jewish and had the patience of Job. Whenever I would go for my lesson, he would never say, how are you? What are you doing these days? How are things? He would only say one thing when I walked through the door, and that was, how's mama? And I would say, fine, thank you, Mr. Epstein. And he would say, good, now let's get down to work. And that was all. Uh, There is something uh, unique in the Jewish world about motherhood. Motherhood, of course, is always unique, but each culture seems to have something of its own, and particularly the Jewish world does. And that's been going on for a long time. Women in the Jewish world had no status legally at all. They had no rights. 
But over the centuries, Jewish women, and particularly Jewish mothers, have learned how to control their environment. And don't think that the hand that rocked the cradle didn't rule the world. Uh, it did. And we see that in a rather beautiful way today. Because we're dealing with the Jewish mother, the mother, and the woman, all at the same time. There's a wedding in Cana and Galilee. This is no accident. This gospel is a powerful gospel. Without a Catholic sense, it's difficult to really get what's really happening here. It's no accident that it's a wedding feast. We just heard the first reading. How often in the Old Testament is the relationship between God and the people of Israel described as a wedding, as a relationship between a bride and a bridegroom? God is the bridegroom. Israel is the bride. Here again, we have two bridegrooms here, really. There's the, the bridegroom and his bride on the natural level. And then there's the divine bridegroom, the heavenly bridegroom, our Lord. He is now the new bridegroom, and his bride is the church. So it's important that it's a wedding feast. And the disciples are there, and so is the blessed mother. She isn't very often present, is she, in his adult life. And the wine wine runs short, a great embarrassment, but it's more than that. Now we see something that we, have, we don't see anywhere else. We see the Blessed Mother interceding. Our Lord knows that the wine's run short. He does nothing until his mother intercedes. This is intercessory prayer. She's interceding on behalf of this couple and their families because they're going to be embarrassed. But she doesn't ask for anything, notice. Uh, doesn't ask for anything. She simply points out the situation. They have no wine. Trusting firmly that her son will do what needs to be done. But she doesn't ask for anything. And our Lord then turns to her and says, Woman, again, going back to Genesis, the new Eve. Woman, how does your concern affect me? Literally, what is that to me, to thee? In other words, once I do this, once I perform my first sign, people will begin to realize who I am. And this can end only in one place, and that's the cross. Again, it's the cross, always the cross. Are you willing now to accept that? Are you willing to join me in my work of redemption and salvation? Will you unite yourself to me in that? Will you accept that role that you had from the beginning, and particularly since the angel announced my incarnation? Will you accept that? We should all be willing to accept that, by the way. We are all asked to unite ourselves to him in his redemptive love and his salvific love. But she, in particular, as the perfect person and the woman, the new Eve, has to do that in a unique way. Will she do it? Remember at the incarnation, I am the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done to me as you say. Now she doesn't even answer him. She doesn't say a word to him, even though he's asked her a question. She turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. And those are the last words she ever speaks in the scriptures. She never speaks again. She is present at the foot of the cross, But she doesn't speak. Only our Lord speaks and once again calls her woman for the last time. Do whatever he tells you. And have you ever noticed on those rare occasions when she's appeared to us on earth, such as Lourdes or Fatima or Knock, those are really her words. What is is her message? Prayer, penance, 
Repentance, conversion. Do whatever he tells you. Those are his words. She's always saying that, and she will until the end of the, end of the world. Do whatever he tells you. I was looking around the other day and thought, I wonder if there was some place in here we could put those words. Um, but I'll find a place uh, in Latin. So, and so, do whatever he tells you. Now notice, our Lord is always doing more than we ask. He gives us more than we ask of him. All she said was, they have no wine. There are six stone water jars holding between 20 to 30 gallons. That's 120 to 180 gallons of wine. They couldn't possibly use that much wine at a Jewish wedding. Uh, In spite of the fact that the apostles had been invited, uh, they couldn't possibly have done it. So this miracle occurs. But notice, again, the bride and bridegroom on the natural level, (coughs) the human bride and the human bridegroom, will consummate their relationship in an act of love, of natural love. He will consecrate, will consummate rather, his nuptials as the bridegroom and the church as his bride on the cross. That's where he will consummate that marriage. And only there. (laughs) So that when the the Roman centurion plunges his lance lance into his side, and blood and water come out. That's the birth of the church, really. The Eucharist and baptism. That's the birth. And so our Lord has performed his first sign. And the head waiter is, is amazed. He doesn't understand how this could have happened. Uh, he just, why would you serve the, the good wine last? In any event, we are then told that Jesus did this at the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. But it's not just that. He multiplies the wine, as in the sixth chapter of St. John, he will multiply the bread. This is a Eucharistic gospel, as they all are when it comes to bread and wine. He here performs a natural miracle, a miracle on the natural level, turning water into wine. He will, at the Last Supper, turn wine into his own blood bread into his own body. These are essential elements. Again, that shouldn't be lost on us, his reason for doing this. He gives us, he gives the people a glimpse of what he's going to do, and then when he does it and really announces it, they can't handle it. Remember that sixth chapter of St. John. After that, many of his followers followed him no longer. He had given them too much, more than they were willing to accept. But he hasn't given that to us, we are able to accept it. We do believe in what he's done. We believe in something far greater than just water to wine or the multiplication of bread. We accept his coming to us uh, in the reality of what we are about to do. But always in the back of our minds, when we are here at this moment, we need to hear those words and we should repeat them to ourselves over and over again. They're so simple, too. Do whatever he tells you.